Welcome to The Working Therapist, a podcast designed to help you grow in your therapy practice. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. Now here are your hosts, Hayden Bolick and Kirsty Miles. We're just going to run through a couple of examples. Uh, if you've listened to our podcast before, I talk about the bathroom all the time. I think you just do therapy in the bathroom. I don't know. I mean, why I'm, not? I've begun to question, like, do you go to the therapy gym? I'm, I'm just no. <laughs> she's just in the bathroom. <laughs> just in the bath. Basically, but as far as Kirsty's concerned, she's in the bathroom in the hallway. There's a lot of hallway <laughs> and bathroom stuff <laughs> happening with you right now. <laughs> uh, and sometimes the car, car, bathroom, hallway. Well, if I think about if I think about like my day, like I am always on the go but I'm like oh my gosh like it's weird to brush your teeth like anywhere but the bathroom (laughs) I'm not gonna say I haven't walked into the kitchen brushing my teeth but (laughs) I'm like well uh, my body like has to stay stationary in a room to brush my teeth so I'm like well I can stretch my heel cords there (laughs) I can do this there Uh, so I'm like that to me is a no-brainer for hey you got to stretch your heel cords and not make this a thing and uh, you know what and I've had conversations with like teenagers I'm like okay, you brush your teeth twice a day and they'll look at me like, mm-hmm. maybe. And I'm like, well, you should already be brushing your teeth twice a day and I'm not a dentist, but we're not going to go there. But I'm going to assume that you brush your teeth in the morning and at night and you're doing it for at least this amount of time. So we're going to get in some cycles of stretching those heel cords. <laughs> um, so, but for the little ones, I mean, my sanity circled around bath time at the end of the yeah, day with my kids. Uh, yeah. And so I'm like, well, everybody's happy at bath time. Everybody likes to play in the bathtub. And here's where we can work on some stuff. Yeah, I mean, and you got a captured audience. They're in there. They can, they're right. ca- they're, and they're stuck. Nobody's running away from me right <laughs> they're now. Stuck. They're stuck. <laughs> they can't. And you can't leave them alone anyway because they're too young anyway. So you're like, all right, here we go. Here I am. This here you what, are. This is what we're doing. And you can't leave. <laughs> That's right. I know. It really, it is a captured audience. There's a lot of good stuff you can do in the bathtub. So, <laughs> so there's yeah. so much language yeah. that you can get in there. Yeah. And, you know, I work with night splints a lot. And we have to introduce those into a wearing schedule. And a lot of times kids don't respond really well to them now we're going to take and put something on their leg and we're going to stretch and that's uncomfortable and you got little ones so I'm like well nobody's getting up from the dinner table so we can get 20 minutes 30 minutes of hey let's put it on the right foot tonight let's put it on the left foot tomorrow night let's alternate or hey we watch a show after dinner so I've asked about the schedule I've asked questions to the mom or dad hey what does your evening look like well we eat dinner around six o'clock we get up we do this you know we clean up the kids get bathed and we all sit down and watch a show after dinner so I'm like okay great how long is the show about 30 minutes awesome Mm-hmm. So now I've like I can embed into that and make it a part of their every night routine. Hey, if you're out of town, don't worry about it. Well, but I, if four out of five days I can get it in, great. I said the same thing to parents because I use a lot of the example you said about getting out of the car, or getting out of the bathtub, you know, and especially for communication initiation to get them out or with a lot of language stuff. But I tell parents, I'm like, look, you know, work on this kind of thing when everybody's happy, you know? So, for example, in my opinion, nobody is happy between 4 and 7 p.m. Like, it's witching hour, everybody's hungry, everybody's dirty, everybody's tired. I mean, nobody's happy between 4 and 7 p.m. Adults, generally speaking, are not that happy between 4 and 7 p.m. You know, nobody's happy. So don't worry about it then. Don't do it then if they're fussy and crying and that kind of thing. That's not when to work on it. Work on it at times when they're happy. If the parent's home with the child during the day, you know, the morning hours is good, work it into 
functional, like regular activities, and I talk through all that. But don't worry about between four and seven. Don't do it. If it's too hard, don't fight the battle. Tomorrow's a new day. Here we go. Not Brand new. It. It's just not worth it. So it shouldn't be something like, oh, or that they, or a parent feels, or a teacher feels guilty about not having done. You know, we don't want them to feel guilty. So I kind of give them an out to like, look, if you couldn't get it done today, you know, tomorrow's a new day. This is a continuum. All of this progress is adding up. It's like exercise. You know, it's not like you do it one time and you're good to go forever, right? You got to do it over and over and over again, on and on and on. Same thing with the home program. It's continuum. It's adding. That it's cumulative, right? So think of it that way. So if you couldn't get it done one day, not the end of the world. But if you're doing your part as a therapist and you're checking in every week to say, how did that right. go? Show me. What did you do? You know, you're you're making sure number one, it's being done correctly and how you prescribed it. Uh, but the other piece is, if it's not working, how can you change it so that you're not making the parent feel guilty for not doing it? So let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about the accountability, like they had in terms of the check-in the therapist does with the parent, and then tools that you might use to help with the carryover. So in terms of accountability, how do let's talk about how we you know, keep the parent on, okay, so we've already talked, keep the parent on track and keep the home program moving along and keeping your therapy moving along. We've already talked about not giving too much so that you as a therapist aren't completely overwhelmed by what I give them last week. I got to go back and look. I can't remember. Like, you don't want to give them so much that it makes it so hard for you. So we've already talked about kind of keeping it simple, giving the family functional things and that you as a therapist can keep track of and it sort of just complements your therapy. So we've talked about that stuff. So now the parent comes back in, you gave them stuff to do this week, they come back in next week. Let's just talk about how we can nicely hold the parent accountable. Yeah. One of the things, how did it go last week? So usually I tell people to avoid, hey, did you do your heel cord stretches last week? Because that's, yep, I sure did versus, hey, how did it do when he was brushing his teeth? When mm -hmm. he Did that work to, you know, do the heel core stretches what, during toothbrushing? And if the parents give you the look of... Blank stare. Like, what? We don't brush our teeth at our house. Then you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like okay, that didn't Time work out. Time to tweak it. <laughs> <laughs> then, you be, then, then usually I kind of make like a little joke like, all right, well, okay. <laughs> you know? And then, because usually they're like, oh, you did say that. I, yeah, we talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that would be a, okay, so we still need to work on that because oh, right. <laughs> now when you go back to therapy, you're going to assess for yourself, where are we at on what we gave right. last week? Right. And if we haven't made the progress, we either need to change how we gave the program because we're still at the same spot. Right. So we're in like a holding pattern right now. But as a therapist, if I give them the exact same thing, are we going to do it? So what do I need to change about how I gave the program? And you may have to ask some questions in there. So let's think about this for a second. I know it was hard last week with the heel core stretches and the toothbrushing and that kind of thing. What do you think about it? Can we still do these heel core stretches when they're brushing their teeth? Does that still seem like a good plan? Because the parent may come back and go like, you know what? There's three of them brushing their teeth and they're at the same time because I'm trying to get all three of these. Johnny boys. was pushing Susie over yeah. on the counter. Yeah. It's so, just not going to work. Know, and the bathroom's like a two by four size, like two feet by four feet. You know, we can't even. So no, we can't do it in the bathroom. So, okay, now you know. That won't work. So you've got to think of a different way to do that. Yep. And so you have to ask more questions. Well, what's going to work for you guys? Mm -hmm. When is when is it a little bit quiet? Well, on this night of the week, so-and-so goes to practice, and I just have so-and-so. And, you know, okay, well, let's, let's see if we can get into that. Twice a week is better than nothing. 
I mean, yeah, if you're working on the hill course stretches too, I'm, I've been doing this actually lately with my son because it's hill course stretch, but as he goes up the stairs, I'm like, okay, so when you go up to the stairs, every time you go up, stop each stair for five stairs and count to five on each there foot. There you go. Right? I feel pretty darn good. I've been in a lot of therapy with Kirsty, so I've, I'm coming along. So sometimes one way around this, and I know that you've said this before, Kirsty, even with the older kids, is especially like the teenagers, because you got to make them part of the therapy session too, like a totally. 13, 14, 12 year old. They got to be part of it. So finding out what they like to do, because usually most of them love their phone yeah they do love their phone i heard this uh, actually recently where um it's a trick with exercise because you know you got to exercise but like getting on the elliptical or get on the treadmill can be kind of boring but if you are listening to like a good book on tape that you like that you only listen to while you're exercising you know then you're motivated to exercise and i tell you what it actually has been working for me you want to hear my secret what that's where i watch all my netflix Oh. is on the treadmill. Uh-huh. Like, I don't watch any other TV. Mm-hmm. I save it all for the treadmill. So then you get, it's like, I only get to watch it. I'm like, movie. yes, I get to go watch a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Take something and pair yeah. it with something they like. So if he likes video games, stand right. on a wedge. They have all those soleus stretching tools. You they know, do. They have a lot of that stuff. That'd be super simple. He doesn't have to do it the whole time he's playing a video game. But set a timer. You know, yeah. make it something where he can be self-accountable. And and teenagers use their phones. So yeah. I do a lot with when they have a, a home program to do. And I've worked with a lot of therapists to do it this way. Because I'll see therapists start printing out sheets and home exercise programs. And that's a huge thing that PTs, like, went through school. And they're like, got to give the picture. Got to give the picture. And I'm like... It's a 15-year-old. They take selfies. Get a video of them doing it. On it's their them. Phone. I'm. Who knows? They might post like, hey, on Facebook. Hey, I went to PT today. Look they what they do, gave me to they, do. They don't do Facebook anymore. You're dating yourselves. You only Instagram, Instagram or whatever. something else. But they're not going to use Facebook. They're way <laughs> too beyond that. You're dating yourself. Or t- oh yeah, or, or TikTok. Yeah, or something. Anyway, I'm not up on TikTok. They're totally not going to use Facebook. So you're dating yourself. But yes, so a good strategy is to use their phone. And I'll even show them yeah. how to set up a folder on their phone so they can put their videos and photos just for therapy in an album on their phone and be like, look, there's your PT exercises. Right. So there you go. That's and it's right. all about them. It's not some random mm-hmm. like Well, and I've done drawing. the same thing. I've done the same thing with like parents' phones too. A good tool to use for a carryover is their phone. They've got their phone yes. with them. Everybody's got a phone. They've all got a smartphone. Nobody's You're not going to lose it like those sheets of paper. Nobody's going back to the flip phone. It's all the smartphone. They all got them. So you can use the parent's phone, the child's phone, or, you know, depending on the age of the child, of course. But even when I see kids at daycares or, or sometimes whatever, I'll do a video on my phone, then email them for my work email and then delete the video off my phone. So if you're if you're somewhere and you don't have access to the parent or the child doesn't have a phone or whatever, then you can always email them from your work email. I work a, a lot video with, that you did in therapy. Yeah. Yeah, with babies in mm-hmm. particular. Parents love to video their babies anyway. So I'll say, you know, I'll either do the exercise or have the parent do the exercise, but then you get all the dialogue of how to do it and explaining it, which is so much better than on paper anyway. But what the parent will do is dad wasn't at the session, mom brought the child, mom will go home and share it with dad. Now you have another caregiver doing the same thing because now they know how to do it because they've watched the specific video for their child, not Google video and then you know they go to daycare and they show the daycare teacher how to do it and this is what my therapist has could you do it at like at nap time when you wake him up so now there's another time during the day that it's getting done but they need you to coach them through that as the therapist to be like hey why don't you share this with grandma she's going to be here this weekend she can help you with this and so you get more people bought in for Mm -hmm. helping this child and it it doubles what happens triples Mm -hmm. what happens and you Mm -hmm. get more carryover all because you didn't give them a piece of paper you 
put it on their phone. I mean, it, pictures worth a thousand words, right? Mm -hmm. Amen. So I think um, using that as a tool, everybody's got it right there at their fingertips. And also, I've found that sometimes, like for the therapists in the schools, I mean, I've been that therapist in the schools that sending that short little, and I'm talking the videos, like maybe 10 to 15 seconds, like really short one. I get so much mileage from that. Parents are like, oh my gosh, thank you for doing it. I mean, you get, so, you don't have to do it every time. Usually my goal was when I carried a full case in the schools is to do like, you know, maybe if I just did like one a month for each child, you know, which mm -hmm. is a lot, is a lot. Don't get me wrong. I know that it's a lot, but that was huge. Even if you did one every two months, really, it goes so far. But if you're in private practice, you've got a lot of options and the phone's there every single time. You know, there people are going to share it with their uh, oh, yeah. grandma, grandpa, granddad, everybody, and then they're all going to work on it. So just to review the last couple of things that we talked about, number one, how to make sure that the home program is working at the home to hold the family accountable and then for them to hold you accountable. The first thing we talked about really is people don't respect what you don't inspect. So, and that can kind of sound harsh, but basically the point of that is we're just talking about asking questions about how the home program worked so they can give you more information so you can tweak it as you need to, like what you said, Kirsty. And then the other thing we talked about is like some tools to use. And one of the best tools you have is the phone, the parent's phone, the child's phone, even potentially your phone, but just the email from your work email so it's not a HIPAA issue. Anyway, um, but it helps them buy in and it helps them stay connected and everybody likes pictures of their child and it's yeah. it's and, and it's and then they got a real account in real time and there you go. We also have our HEP, our notepads here yes, at we do PDT, mm -hmm. and that's something specific to PDT, but it's not just for the parent. It's for the therapist also, especially as a new clinician. It's really important because it helps you hammer home why you're giving this as a homework assignment, as a home program. Yeah. Well, if, if you think about it, the HEP, when you write on the HEP pad, you're taking the most important thing you want them, to, where you want, number one, the main thing you want them to work on. So you're thinking about your whole therapy session and you're kind of summarizing it into basically one sentence. So it makes you think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yep. Yep. So it makes you a better clinician. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons why we use that home exercise program pad here. But another reason is serves as a good reminder to the parent. So I'll tell the parent, because, you know, I'll do the video on the phone too to remind them but i'm like go home and hang this on your fridge just so you have a visual so you see it every day to be like oh yeah got to do that homework and so it's just a reminder if we have given them homework to do like let's say again i've worked with speech therapists like they'll say hey in the car when you're driving because hey i got to drop everybody off at camp at sports at yep. wherever you know he's in his car seat <laughs> going right. to brother's practice right uh, so i'm like well great you know that's a time where you can pick out different things. I see something green and he names something green depending on what level we're at here. Mm -hmm. um, but put that little pink sheet in the console of your car so you remember, hey, I got in the car. Hey, let's turn off the radio. Let's work on words. Yeah, let's work on something. Exactly. That's that's exactly it. So the little pink sheets we use here at PDT are the little, our own little hip pads kind of thing we use. Um, but it just makes the therapist, and we harp on them all the time, but it's just because it gives that parent the carryover and it helps the therapist really think about what they're doing and why they're doing it, which is really the essence of the home program. Yep. So the, it's twofold your main for that. thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it helps the child get better faster because the main goal is discharge, right? That, yep. that is the goal, discharge, not the main goal, the goal. 
So, and that's what we're talking about throughout this entire podcast is the <laughs> home program, the most critical parts of a home program so you can make progress, so you can get there faster, and the partnership with the parent and child. Because without that, I mean, Hayden, you always say, we don't make a widget. No, no. At the end of a therapy session, you're not making a widget. You don't have anything you can feel, smell, touch, hold. It's the relationship between the therapist and the family. And so if you don't give them something to take at the end of that session, you've missed a big piece of the situation. You've missed the opportunity, basically, to help them carry over so that they can come back next time and do more stuff. Because at the end of the day, every single time somebody walks through our door, we're already thinking, how do I get you out of here? Yeah. Our goal is discharge. And mm -hmm. if our goal is discharge, we want to make progress. And the way we do that is daily practice. Right. That's it. And simple daily practice. Simple, mm -hmm. compact, easy. So that's our two cents on a home program. <laughs> like 50 <laughs> cents, but that's whatever. Yeah, that was our 50 cents. <laughs> that's right. That was, that was a Susan B. Anthony uh, coin dollar uh, version of our <laughs> home program. Anyway, but when you think about it, those are the, those are the key elements. So I hope this was helpful for you in your practice, uh, whether you're in a private practice or schools or wherever you're working. I hope this was helpful. We've got lots of other podcasts on The Working Therapist, also on our website, pediatricdt.com. You can get a link to The Working Therapist and see all of the podcasts. We have one podcast called CAN. It talks about how to write a home exercise program. So check that out. And there's a whole bunch of other ones. So there you go. Happy listening. All right. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for spending some time with us. And we'll catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. For more information or to contact us, visit us online at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com.